questions. What do most talk radio shows talk about? A. Politics. B. Money. Uh, A. Politics? That is correct. Now, your final question. What should we be talking about on the radio? A. Politics or B. Money. Spending it, saving it, protecting it, investing it, helping you deal with it since 1988. It's the Don McDonald Show. Everybody, listen to him. There is almost nothing. I I really have a difficult time finding something that we deal with all the time that's more important than what we're talking about here on this program. The Don McDonald Show, which, of course, makes me Don McDonald because, you know, it's called the Don McDonald Show, and that wouldn't make sense that I'd be Don McDonald. What do we talk about? Well, we talk about money. And why do we talk about money? Well, because you deal with it all the time, right? Come on. Think about it for a minute. What? You get up, go to work, money. You uh, go to the store after work, money. Lunch, money. Kids, money. House, money. Bills, money. Sending kids to college, lots of money. Why do I say that? Because I just did that. Just sent my youngest off to the swamp to become a member of the Gator Nation. Yes, my daughter is a Florida Gator. Um, and uh, it, 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 there is a lot of money involved. There really is. I mean, they just keep you know bills. Here, pay for this, pay for this, eh, whatever. And she got some scholarships because she's a bright kid. Uh, one of the things, though, that we decided to do for her before we sent her off to school was get her a checking account with a card attached. And we went through USAA because my wife's dad was in the Air Force. So we have USAA eligibility. And USAA has some some great accounts, and they're very helpful. But uh, if you're not if you're not USAA eligible, where do you turn for an account for a kid? Or maybe you don't want a traditional checking account. You want something a little simpler. You want something a little cheaper. You really basically just want a debit card and a place to put your paychecks. You know, and access to ATMs. Well, there are a lot of these prepaid cards coming out, and most of them are just awful. They're really, really awful. Well, not too long ago, Consumer Reports studied these prepaid cards. They looked at 26 of them, and they rated five as being the best. And then I went ahead and did some research on my own on these five. The five that they named as the best cash cards, debit cards, are the brand new Bluebird card with direct deposit from Amex and Walmart. H&R Block's Emerald prepaid card, the Green Dot card, and then Susie Orman's cards. Susie Orman's card. The prepaid card with direct deposit and the prepaid card without direct deposit. Uh, I did some further research. You know, I don't like the anything that charges a monthly fee. They get to use the money. They develop a relationship with you, and there are other ways they make a couple of bucks. And of all of those... I picked one that I think is absolutely the best, and I'll tell you what that is in a minute. Now, they also picked the worst 
cards, and they picked four for the absolute worst cards. And this is interesting because the Bluebird card is from American Express and Walmart. Now listen to the worst cards. The worst cards, according to Consumer Reports, the Account Now Gold Visa from MetaBank, the Reach Visa prepaid card that Tom Joyner has, the Red Pack Mi Promesa prepaid MasterCard. I wonder who they're trying to appeal to. Uh, and the American Express for Target card. And it's very interesting, whereas the best cards have either zero fees or very, very tiny ones. The Mi Promesa prepaid MasterCard has a 1995 activation fee and monthly fees and all kinds of other fees. Uh, and uh, the absolute worst rated for all of the fees and the like is the American Express card for, for, for Target. Now, we've got an American Express card at Walmart. That's the best. The American Express card over at Target, that's the worst. Why is the American Express card, the Bluebird card, you've probably seen ads for it, over at Walmart the best? Well, they provide you, and, and i got to tell you, this is my best. They rated it as the best. The others, you know, like Susie Orman's cards have a $3 monthly fee. It's just nickel and dime in you. Uh, the Bluebird card really doesn't have any fees unless you don't do direct deposit. If you do direct deposit, basically there are no fees. Uh, if you use their ATMs, you get money out, nothing, pay nothing. If you have direct deposit and you use their ATMs, if you get ATM, an ATM withdrawal at another ATM, it's $2 plus there could be their own fees from that ATM, but they don't charge you anything for bill pay. You can set up bill pay accounts. You can actually write checks. They have a neat little trick, though, for writing checks. You can't write a check unless you pre-authorize the check. And you pre-authorize it very simply with your app. That authorizes the check, and it also lets you know that it won't bounce because they immediately, when you pre-authorize it, they take that money out of your account so you can give it to the, uh, you, you, you can know it won't bounce. And in that way, they don't hit you with bounce check charges because you can't write a bad check. There is no monthly fee. There is no activation fee. There's no direct deposit fee. There's no fee to add funds from your checking account, another checking account, uh, cash or a debit card at a Walmart store. If you do add cash from a debit card online, they can hit you with a two. They will hit you with a two dollar fee if you're loading it from another debit card. But that's it. That's their fees. That's all they have. This is a really slick account particularly for young people who are just getting started. It makes it almost impossible to mess up. And there are no inactivity fees, like a lot of them have, where they just suck your money down, including American Express. American Express regular old cash cards eat your money. This thing is, is a really amazing product. I didn't, I didn't get paid anything. I just looked at them looked all these cards up, and I really, really like what I see. Attention. This is a scam alert. We interrupt this program for an official scam alert. This is not a test. This is a scam alert. Be careful of this one. It is a uh, doozy. 
There are people calling all over the country, impersonating a local police officer, telling you that you have an outstanding warrant for something like a bad debt in the past. Uh, Maybe they tell you you missed jury duty and, you know, something could have been lost in the mail and maybe you did or some other minor thing. And that if you don't pay them, they're going to have you arrested. And they tell you to go down to Western Union and send money through Western Union or uh, purchase a, a, uh, a online debit card and uh, sending that to them. This according to USA Today. Uh, as a matter of fact, one woman in Georgia paid $1,550 to clear an arrest warrant that she didn't have. Uh, They said that she'd owed some money on a loan, and uh, she got another call then from the cop threatening to arrest her, the fake cop. And the cop said, in our eyes, you're just refusing to pay the debt. We're going to have to proceed forward and have you arrested. And uh, the number, the caller ID number, was the sheriff's office. They spoofed the caller ID. So she thought it was really the sheriff's office, so she sent the money in. Uh, they, they told her that there was the, the loan amount, a fine, and some extra fees. They told her to send $1,550, and she did. Folks, people don't call on the phone to threaten to have you arrested. Police departments just don't do that. This is very similar to a scam that has been circulating for a long time where you get a call from a fake bill collector and they tell you that they're going to put you into collection and uh, they threaten you in all kinds of, of ways short of arrest. Now they've just taken it to the arrest step. So if somebody calls you with one of these deals, what do you do? Call your local police department. And if they ask you for money, don't do it. We now return to our regularly scheduled programming. And remember, if you have a scam to report, send it in. Send it to the scam line. We have a special scam email address for you. It's scam at donm.com. It's really easy. What is that, like uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 letters? Scam at donm.com. And we will check it out and report it in a future scam alert. We are heading over to those telephone lines over there because there is nothing more important to me than getting your money-oriented questions answered, no matter what they might be. And that number, it's easy to remember and it's easy to call. 800-320-1870. That's 800-320-1870. And the great part about calling the Don McDonald Show is that you can do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Also, we answer your emails. We've got emails, and we have the email female reading the emails. You can send your emails to email at donm.com. That's just email, one word, email, at donm.com. And again, that's for your money questions. If you don't like calling in 
or your comments, you know, and the like. So uh, you have so many ways to participate in the program. Call us 800-320-1870. Email questions, email at donm.com. And we will try to make your life a lot easier to deal with because this is really the only show the only radio show you really need because we cover everything related to money from earning it to spending it to even getting out of debt and then really great direction academically researched information on how to make that money grow so that you can enjoy the future you deserve i mean you do you deserve a comfortable future you work hard for your money Make the most of it. Keep listening. Keep tuning in to The Don McDonald Show. We'll be back after this. This is The Don McDonald Show. This is The Don McDonald Show. And the Don McDonald Show continues. Hello, Don McDonald here, you there. We all get together. We try to solve some problems. Uh, I share with you things that I think are important or might be important. You share with me your concerns, your questions, your thoughts at 800-320-1870. That's 800-320-1870. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or you can Email your questions to email at donm.com. Email at donm.com. Now we're heading out to my old stomping ground, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Mike, welcome to the Don McDonald Show. Hey, Don. Thanks for the welcome. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on your show. It's great to have you, and uh, I, I am so happy to hear that the, that the burning has settled down out there. And yeah, scared a, so. Scared a lot of people. I have a lot of family out there. Yeah, well, I feel so bad for those people that have lost homes. But, oh, uh, you and me both. What's up? Okay, here's my question. Um, you know, on your previous shows, you guys have always recommended for your the do-it-yourselfer type, which is what I am, yep. the the Vanguard portfolio. Yeah. And, and in a, it, 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 here's my question. In summary, on if you're just doing a 60-40 asset allocation, equity to bond, right. your recommendation's always been for the equity side to split 50-50 between domestic and international. Correct. I understand Correct. that. That makes Correct. total sense. Mm-hmm. So now with Vanguard introducing a couple of international bond funds, one's just a, uh, boy, just an international bond, the other's an emerging bond, mm-hmm. my question pertains to the bond portion of which the recommendation's always been for a 40%. 12% short-term, 20% intermediate, 8% tips. Mm-hmm. Do I or should <laughs> I diversify further that is internationally a, on the bond side? That's such a great question. I really <laughs> Because it is something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, that okay. uh, I've talked to a lot of folks who know a lot more about this than I do, like the folks who build mm-hmm. these portfolios at Vanguard and DFA. Uh, they, there are... Uh, a host of opinions, but it always comes back to this one simple fact for me. Bonds exist in an investment portfolio, in my humble opinion, for one reason only. Stability. Stability. That is to 
to reduce the perception of volatility across the entire portfolio. And the okay. problem we run into, and, and I've gotten some arguments from DFA on this because they, they have some hedged international portfolios, but yep. my concern still is the, the unknowns around some foreign bonds, even if they do great due diligence, uh, mm-hmm. around the, the, the effectiveness of currency hedging. It, 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 it probably will work, but I like simple. And, and in my opinion, simple is the federal U.S. federal government is going to pay its debt. It is right. going to pay its debt. I don't care what the other programs say. It's going to pay its debt. Uh, the debt will always be denominated in the money that you and I spend. That is U.S. dollars. So, therefore, and, and short intermediate governments give you very little volatility. When you keep your duration down around... Uh, two to five or six years, you're not looking at a loss that is going to be frightening. Even if rates right. really rise, it's not going to be frightening. So, right. And the good news is, as I mentioned before, that new money coming in is going to get reinvested very quickly because bonds are maturing in those new higher rate bonds. So they serve the purpose that we want them to serve. When we're stretching for risk, we want to be rewarded for the risk. And we're rewarded for risk, or at least have been in the past, in stocks. We're not always rewarded for that risk in bonds. Okay. That that makes total sense to me. That was my gut feel. And I will tell you, I sent an email to your buddy, Paul Merriman, who agreed 100% with what you said. Did he really? That's good. I, I'm glad. I was a little worried. But I've, I'll tell you, I really have spent a lot of time researching this because if there's a great reason and they really can convince me, then sure, give it a shot. But yeah, I, I'm right. not, I am not yet convinced. And, uh, and I'm a big, big proponent of keep it simple. Okay. I, didn't, I wow. didn't add the stupid because I get yelled at for calling people stupid. So it's just keep it simple. Okay. <laughs> All right, Don, I enjoy your show and look forward to listening to the new one. Thank you, sir, very much. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. You have a great day. Bye. Yep, this is the new one. This is the new Don McDonald Show. The old Don McDonald Show ran from uh, 1988 when it was called the Ways and Means Committee until, what was it, about 2006 or seven. And now it is back six days a week and... Uh, Seven days a week, you can call me with your questions at 800-320-1870. That's 800-320-1870. It's easy. It's free. And I do love talking to you here on the show. This is The Don McDonald Show. Don McDonald Show. And uh, this is the Don McDonald. We're talking about your life. A big part of it anyway. The money part. Far bigger than the political part of your life, don't you think? I mean, really, how often do you deal with politics? You deal with money all the time. So we're here to talk about it six days of the week, and we take your call seven days of the week uh, at 800-320-1870, One of the biggest areas of concern with money is this concept of risk. We all hate risk. It's 
normal to dislike risk. But we also all love making money. So we're easy prey for those who would like you to believe, and of course, it's not hard for you to believe this, and you want to believe it so badly, that there's something out there. If only you could find it, if only someone would lead you in that direction, maybe even via a free dinner at Red Lobster, if only someone would take you to that land of perfection, that place called wealth without risk. Well, I hate to break it to you, but risk is required to make money. It's absolutely required. And risk has to be real. It ha the potential for loss has to actually exist. And folks out there, are there are a lot of people who have studied this for a very long time. Hello and welcome to French Five. Not French Fry, but French Five. Mesdames et messieurs, pour vous aider à investir séparer réel de la spéculation, Wait. nous présentons uh, un des plus grands universitaires dans le domaine économique. Excuse me, it's a, it's a section not for the French, but by the professor, Ken French from Dartmouth. That's why we call it French Five for French on Finance, get it? Now, now if you, if you are French, you're certainly invited to listen that's not to discriminate it's just not a strictly french program uh but we are joined by ken french from dartmouth university from time to time some pieces that he's uh he's done on better investing from an academic perspective and today we're going to talk about risk well sort of in a roundabout way nobody likes risk okay we understand that however Everybody wants substantial returns. They just want them without risk. So high return, no risk. That's that's what you want, right? That's the perfect investment. Well, there are a lot of folks out there creating, who have created and are creating products that appear to offer you that. They're called structured products. They come in the form, of, for example, of uh, indexed annuities or variable annuities, products that offer you some sort of higher return and then promise you little or no downside or even some upside guaranteed. And they, well, gee, they almost sound like they're magical, are they? There would certainly be magic there if I could get this protection for free. The trouble is, in the real world, nobody's willing to give it to me. In the real world, they're charging at least a fair price for that downside protection. Now, the way I think about this is I got to remember, in the end, somebody has to be holding all of that downside risk. There's an amount of risk that society has to hold. We can screw up and create even more risk. You and I might make a side bet, for example. And that side bet creates risk for me and risk for you. That's risk society doesn't have to hold. But if we think about, okay, the downside of the U.S. stock market or the downside of the Japanese stock market or the downside of the global financial portfolio, somebody has to hold that risk. And if I say, I want protection, I don't want to hold my fair share of that risk, somebody else is going to have to. 
when we think about what are the downsides from this thing, here's a classic port, a strategy or a classic structured note that people might use. They'll say, okay, you pay us a fee today and we will guarantee that 10 years from now, you will at least get your principal back. Well, that's great unless that financial institution dies over the course of the next 10 years. For example, if I bought that sort of a structured guarantee from Lehman Brothers, well, my guarantee is gone when Lehman Brothers fails. And what you'll notice there is in exactly the period where I might need that protection, that's when the financial firms that are offering that protection are most vulnerable. So one of the downsides of these instruments, default risk. Unfortunately, there are others. Another one is liquidity. It's very hard to get out of these positions once I've entered into them. In the stock market, if I say, okay, I don't want my investment in the Japanese stock market anymore, it's going to be easy for me to sell my positions. If I take this structured note, it's a one-on-one -on -one contract that I have with the financial institution. I want my money back. Who knows what price they're willing to give me? On top of that, what I have to worry about is the complexity of these instruments. When I build a portfolio, I like nice, simple things that I can get my arms around that I can really understand. And they, they are exceedingly complicated. Just take a look at a prospectus for a structured settlement or for some sort of an annuity contract. They are complicated. They're, but there's, there, there have to be some of these things that that are good for people are are there great structured products any or not even that are there structured products that make sense for some investors they're not necessarily bad it's certainly if somebody goes in with his or her eyes open understands the default risk understands the concerns about liquidity understands the problems created by complexity understands that the fees involved can be substantial and they still say, despite all those things, I want that downside protection. I don't have any trouble with that. But if that's what they choose to do, that's what they choose to do. All I know is if somebody, one of my friends or my dad or somebody in my family came and said, should I buy one of these structured notes or one of these structured products? The short answer would be no. So if we can set aside the issue of the, the cost, which can be really high, the complexity, which can be extraordinary, the lack of true understanding that goes with that complexity, we're, we're not even sure what the risks are, even though they say riskless, what's backing those risks, uh, wh who, is, who, is, who is taking on those risks, who is insuring that risk. Other than those things, hey, structured products, well, they could be okay if you want to take that kind of chance. But it is probably better to get an investment that you can understand that has some basis in academic reality. Remember, structured products are not sought out. People, individual investors, don't go, hey, I want a structured product. I don't know if too many people go, I want an annuity. I want a variable annuity. I want an indexed annuity. No, no, no. The question they ask is this one. Can you give me a high return with no risk? Now, there are a lot of people who are willing to lie and tell you they will give you that to make a sale. 
just like the alchemists of old who said they could make gold from lead, these folks are lying. And now it's time for popular pecuniary pronouncements, also known as famous money quotes. Money can't buy happiness, but it can make you awfully comfortable while you're being miserable. Claire Booth Loose. Retirement. It is probably the number one concern we have when it comes to money. If you're not concerned about it now, then you're young. <laughs> you think you're going to live forever. If you're over 40, you're probably thinking about it. If you're over 50, you're definitely thinking about it. If you're over 60, you're probably concerned about it. Well, the days of the pension of the company taking care of you for life are, like it or not, over. These things generally weren't particularly weren't well managed. They uh, they made some horrible investment choices. They made some terrible assumptions in many cases. Uh, it just didn't work out. We're on our own now, folks. When it comes to retirement, like it or not. And the way we save for retirement, most of us who work for an employer, is through the company four hundred one k or with a nonprofit. It's a four hundred three b or maybe a four fifty seven. Well, recently, a professor at Yale University, Ian Ayers, researched data on 401ks for about 50,000 companies, and he plans to release this information in the spring of 2014. I can hardly wait. But in the meantime, he decided to send a letter out to these companies and uh, told them what he found and what he plans to do with the data and suggested that they make some changes before this stuff comes out. This was from an article uh, at Morningstar. And these plan administrators are furious. They're furious because they're calling it blackmail. They've contacted their law firms. Lawyers all over the place are having a field day. You got them on one side saying that employees are, are em, employers are are not living up to their fiduciary responsibility by paying too much in fees. Others saying that fees are necessary. We need these huge fees to, uh, I'm not sure what they do with them, except make a lot of money. And I got to tell you, I'm, I come down firmly on the, the fees are too darn high side. They're ridiculous. In most retirement plans, particularly you, four, you poor folks in 403Bs, the fees are outrageous. There shouldn't be annuities inside 401ks or 403Bs at all. And yet they are, and they're expensive, or they offer loaded mutual funds with high internal fees. Everybody's making a lot of money off these things, except the people who are supposed to be. And uh, those are the employees. So this is going to be a topic that we are going to discuss a lot on this show. And if you want to talk about your 401k or 403b, you need to call... 800-320-1870. That's 800-320-1870. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
or send me an email at email at donm.com. But we're going to talk about this stuff. As a matter of fact, I'm putting together a class, a, uh, an event for the fall, where that's what we talk about is retirement and the, so the problems with it. Don't go away. We'll be back. This is The Don McDonald Show. This is The Don McDonald Show. And the show goes on. Hi, Don here, Don McDonald. Lifeblood of the show, your calls. They really are the thing that keeps this fun for me and hopefully interesting for listeners. And you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-800-320-1870. 1-800-320-1870. And when we say we talk about money, I mean money issues of any kind. So don't be shy about changing the subject. We're heading to Coral Springs, Florida, and John, welcome to the Don McDonald program. Hey, Don. What's up, John? How are you? Good, thanks. I've got a question about the cost basis of a stock. Okay, good question. Um, my dad left us some utility stock when he passed away uh-huh. years ago, and uh, can I name the name of the stock? Or No, 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 not yet. I might, but I don't now. Okay, okay. well, uh, the, it pays a dividend. And every quarter, uh, I reinvest the dividend and been doing this for about 10 years now. So um, I'm at the point where I'm heavily loaded in like one or two stocks and I wanted to sell and diversify. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I don't know the cost basis because the company who administered the dividend reinvestment program has changed three different times. Mm-hmm. So the first two, <laughs> I don't have all the statements from. Yeah. The third one that, I, that you know was the most recent one, um, they don't have all the history. Right. What do I do? Well, that's where the IRS actually gives you a little bit of leeway in a case like this. They just ask that you make a best you 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 make your best effort. You make an attempt okay. to recreate the cost basis. Otherwise, if you don't do that, then then you get this nasty cost basis of zero. Uh, and that can be very painful. So what you need to do is, do you know approximately when the shares that you don't have records on were acquired? Um, yeah, I'd say you know, roughly 10 years ago, I can go back and probably find the historical price. I think it was probably, you know, just for a rough number, it's probably about half of what it's worth now. That's exactly what you need to do and document okay. your effort. And that is generally all that is required of you now bear in mind you know they could always get fussy but the fact of the matter is most judges have ruled that this is a reasonable attempt uh in the past uh, i'm not a lawyer so this is not legal advice but it's been done over and over and over again and that's really what they ask and i i can pretty confidently state i've never heard of a case where they haven't taken that uh, recreation if you made a concerted effort to recreate it. And so you go back, you, 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 you lay out the dates when you think it was acquired, write those down on a piece of paper or put them into a spreadsheet, note the source from which you got the quotes for those, those price, those days, uh, go for the low price on those days. That may, that means it looks like you're being more than reasonable. And, uh, you use that as the, as your uh, basis for recreating a cost. 
and you just as long as you keep those records i can't see a reason in the world why you aren't just going to sail right through even if you get audited No, I think you're going to be you're going to be just fine. This happens so often. I mean, far more often than you would ever imagine. It it when when you have stocks that pay high dividends, there's a lot of reinvestment. They've changed ownership. Even the IRS understands that that becomes a very complicated process. Okay. All right, sir. Very good. Thanks a lot for your help, John. My pleasure. Thanks for being a part of the program. Take care. All of the information shared on The Don McDonald Show is believed to be accurate, but we can't guarantee it, or anything else for that matter. And given our time constraints, Don can't possibly provide a complete analysis of the issues discussed. Nothing said here should ever be considered personalized investment advice. What Don shares with you is general money, knowledge, information, and opinions. You should always look to qualified tax, legal, or investment professionals for specific advice and guidance. Time to call your lawyer. Even though Don is a founding partner and chief investment strategist of the investment advisory firm Vestry, which also sponsors this program, Don's opinions and suggestions are his only and are not a solicitation or any offer to buy or sell any advisory services or securities. For complete disclosure information, what, there's more? Seriously? Please visit DonM.com. This program is void, we're prohibited. Thank you so much for being a part of the Don McDonald program. I appreciate you tuning in. I am so glad you participate. I hope you enjoy it, and I would just love you to pieces if you would tell some friends about the show. Have them tune in, too. And also, if you're driving by, listening to it in some area, you know, you go, this is pretty good. I want this in my neck of the woods. Hey, call a station and tell them to go to donm.com. Everything they need to know is right there, donm.com. There's good stuff for you, too. Take care. Talk to you soon. This is The Don McDonald Show.